I'm excited because today we get to start this series called The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, and that's what we believe. We believe this is the most wonderful time of the year, and if I'm honest with you, I'm really excited for Christmas this year. Okay, like there's been different ones. I'm amped this year for a number of reasons. I am extremely excited. One of which, of course, is the idea that I have like a right under two-year-old boy, and I am so excited to get to see him just tear gifts apart like a monster, right? Just like, it's going to be so much fun. It's so interesting when you get to experience that, obviously, later on where you have kids, and it renews the whole holiday. Um, but we are excited for Christmas as a group as well, as Acts Church, what we're doing is we're spending this entire month to talk about this. And I really I really do love Christmas. Um, I realize that it is definitely my favorite holiday of the year. It's the most exciting time, I think, every year. Um, but how about you? Let's do this. I want to take a quick poll in the audience. Please raise your hands if these things apply to you. One or two of these probably would stand out to you. You guys can have a couple of them. You don't have to just pick one. Um, but l- let me just see, okay, as far as Christmas time, if you are a Christmas time lover as well, okay. Um, I'm going to ask you some things that are about Christmas time, and if that's like your favorite thing about it, or like one of your favorite things about it. How many of you guys for Christmas, um, one of the things that you love more than anything is you love all of the decorations. You just love Christmas, yep, Christmas decorations inside the house, outside the house, lights, right? Love the idea of going in to see the lights, drive and go see houses that are decorated. There's so much fun in regards to that. Um, How many of you... When it comes to Christmas time for you, it's all about the movies and the music. It's just your excuse to finally put on that movie, finally put on that CD, yep, right? And it's like, fine. Or some of you, you're like, I'll watch it in July. I don't even care, right? But it's like, oh, man, it means every year we get to sit down and we get to watch these great classic movies or this funny Christmas movie or listen to those songs that I've been waiting to. And there's just something about hearing those songs once again um, and experiencing them. Uh, Of course, I'm guessing a lot of us would say, and if you're sitting next to someone you love, make sure you raise your hand for this one. It's about family, right? Probably for a lot of you, it's like we finally get together as family. We get to see aunt, uncles, you know, we get to see cousins. We get together as a family, and, and that's what it's all about. Or perhaps, uh, perhaps whether it's, um, you know, culturally acceptable or not, you'll just plain out say, okay? I don't care if people think differently of me. I don't even care who's sitting behind me. I'm in it for the presents. <laughs> presents? You're just like, dude, presents. You guys are so humble. No, yeah, some of you guys, you're lying right now. You're like, yeah, I love the presents. It's pretty awesome, right? Like, it's amazing. Um, or maybe you're, you're like me, and whether it really is those times we get together with family or whatever the situation is, if you're honest like me, how many of you say, really, it's just all about the food, right? I get the opportunity. Yes, exactly, right? It's, whatever the opportunity is, it's like there's delicious food, mom's putting out this, you know, they have this, and it's like I might make five or maybe six trips back, right? Because it's Christmas, and there's no calories on Christmas. That's a rule. Um, Whatever your favorite thing is, I'm so happy you're here because we're going to celebrate those things. In fact, during this month, we're going to talk about the different pieces of what makes this season the most wonderful time of the year. And I'll tell you where we're going right now so you can kind of have a roadmap for the month as we're going through December when you're thinking about uh, what we're doing on the weekends. Next weekend, uh, week two, we're going to talk all about decorations. Specifically, we're going to talk about one Christmas decoration that you might be surprised has way more behind it, way more in it than maybe you'd ever possibly uh, expect. Two weeks from now, week three, we're going to be talking 
talking about songs. And we're going to talk specifically about a Christmas song that I know a ton of you guys, this is going to be one of your favorites, ones that you've listened to time and time again. And we're going to talk about this Christmas song. I actually think that's my favorite message in this entire month. So you definitely shouldn't miss that one because I think it's something that all of us deal with during Christmas time. It deals with some really, really important stuff around the Christmas season. And then, of course, the last weekend of our series, we're going to get together and we're going to find the timeless truths from the Christmas movie, Elf, which is going to be terrific. It's going to be very, very fun. You are not going to want to miss it for sure. But all of those things, of course, are part of what makes the season wonderful. We have decorations, we have songs, we have movies. Um, but aside from that, there's, kind of, there's more to it than just that. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have ever um, experienced it. I bet you a lot of you have. I'll ask you in a second. But there's also just this, there's this thing in the air around Christmas. Maybe you've heard people talk about it. Maybe you've heard about it in songs. Or maybe you've seen people talk about it in movies. There's this concept that around Christmas time... There's something different in the air. There's the spirit. There's some sort of movement of generosity, of kindness, goodness, niceness, joy. I don't know. There's just something that's, that's different in the air. And depending on what you listen to or what you, you know, hear, a lot of people would just call this, well, it's, it's Christmas spirit. There's a spirit that comes at Christmas that just seems different. It seems as though we're, we're more connected as a people. It seems as though we're more generous and more loving. How many of you have ever felt what you would guess is kind of like Christmas spirit or experienced someone else as far as interacting with you? You felt some sort of Christmas spirit around Christmas. Yeah, something changed where it's just like, I don't know, it's, it's just Christmas. Like, you know, and maybe you're inspired to be more generous or be more kind because it's, it's Christmas. Well, I actually think there's something to that, and that's one of the things that makes this the most wonderful time of the year is what we would call the Christmas spirit. And believe it or not, scientists set out to find out what the Christmas spirit is. For real. That's not a joke. Scientists got paid to do this by someone. This is way too much money in the world, right? Um, But they did this study in 2015 in Copenhagen. And for you guys who are rednecks like me, Copenhagen is actually a city in Denmark, not just that stuff you put in your back pocket on your way to and from the truck. Um, Copenhagen, where they did this study where they took two groups of people, a group of people who participated in Christmas, right, celebrated Christmas that was part of their background. And they took another group of people who do not celebrate Christmas. They don't participate in that uh, whole section of, of belief at all. They don't participate in Christmas in any way, shape, or form. And what they did is they did brain studies on them. Specifically, they, they registered their brain. They mapped the brain as far as what areas were active. And then they showed them things that had to do with, with Christmas. And what they wanted to do was see the areas of the brain that lit up with activity in the people who celebrate Christmas compared to the areas that did not light up with those who did not celebrate Christmas. And they found that actually there was. That when the people who celebrated Christmas saw these things that had to do with Christmas, certain areas of their brain were activated that those who did not celebrate Christmas were not activated. Specifically, three different areas, okay? So the parietal lobules, the frontal premotor cortex, and the somatosensory cortex. So for all of you who are really into it, you're like, yeah, woo, right? That makes sense. Let me break it down for you, though, okay? So three main areas that were activated. First of all, the parietal lobules. This area of our brain is often activated in regards to things that are self-transcending, 
This is the area of the brain that's activated when it comes to spiritual things. The area of the brain that goes off when we're, we're realizing that we're part of something that's bigger than just ourselves. It's kind of this transcendence area in the brain that's often when it's activated. Secondarily, this idea of the frontal premotor cortex, this is used often when experiencing emotions that are shared with others. Experiencing emotions that are shared with others. It's kind of this area that gets activated when we're community experiencing things together. And last, this idea of the somatosensory cortex, this is often activated in the idea of recognizing socially relevant facial expressions. It's a community aspect as well. It's the idea of like understanding where someone else is. And it's kind of this like connection area of bonding and understanding what other people. It's kind of empathetic in nature. Well, when I read these three things, I kind of put them together and thought, well, what do those three areas really kind of speak to? If, if the science is showing this is what our brain turns on when people who participate in Christmas see Christmas things, maybe the people who have the Christmas spirit, right, see these things in Christmas, what would it kind of be? And to kind of push those things together, here's how I would describe it. It's being part of something that's important that we share with others we care about. Being part of something that's important that we share with others who we care about. That's kind of what those three areas would would push towards. Now, that's interesting because I think that that is what the story of Christmas has been pointing to all along. I think that the science is just now finally catching up with what the writers who wrote in the Bible have said for thousands of years. That this is kind of the idea of what Christmas brings. And the science is kind of coming along now and showing what areas light up in our brain. What are we experiencing when we experience this Christmas spirit, when we experience this connection? And I think it's actually what God's word would point to. So just for reference, if you, if you don't remember how this story goes, there's this young girl named Mary, right? She's a virgin. She's betrothed to be married to this guy named Joseph over in the Middle East. She's very young. While they're still engaged, have not yet married, an angel comes to her and speaks to the idea that she will all of a sudden miraculously become pregnant. And the reason why she is is because God explains to her, I am going to come to earth as a human being. God, Jesus, one of the Trinity, is actually going to lay aside his divinity and he is going to come to earth as a human being. And in order to do that, he needs to be born through a woman. He needs to be born through a body into this world. And he says, Mary, you are going to be that woman. That all of a sudden you will become miraculously pregnant and you will birth not just an average baby. You will birth a baby who has the spirit of God inside of it. It's this miraculous, amazing, astounding story. But right on the backside of it, right, they traveled to this area of Bethlehem. This is the area where they had to go because her soon-to-be husband was from this area. There's no place, right? Motel 8 is booked because there was this big thing going on, so they had to sleep in a barn with the animals, okay? And while they're there, they give birth to this child. And when it happens, it's such a miraculous moment that actually this says that angels appeared in the surrounding area and they spoke to someone who was nearby. Specifically, they spoke to some shepherds who were outside of the city who were there. And here's what it says in Luke 2, 8 through 11. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, which is interesting. Again, if you think that angels look like fat babies with wings, you haven't read the Bible. They're not. They're terrifying. They're huge beasts. They're scary looking. Every time people see them, they're like, oh, my God. And then the angel's like, it's, it's cool. Don't worry. I'm not coming to kill you. Okay? But they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. 
I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Exclamation point, right? It's happened. The greatest moment in history, it started, and it's happened. And it's this amazing celebration here. Listen, this is evidence of the start of something far more important than we would ever imagine. Remember I said that the Christmas spirit is like being part of something that's important that we share with others we care about? The Christmas story, this is what he announces. Is he's saying, listen, one of the most important events in the history of the universe is happening today. It just happened. Something miraculous, something amazing just took place. The Lord, the Messiah, the Savior has been born today. Think about this. God and our relationship with him as humans was broken. Our relationship was broken because of our sin. And God, in his wisdom, okay, think about this, is so wise in the, in the rules of the universe that he laid out in the beginning of the cosmos, understanding the laws and principles that sin leads to death and that we were separated separated from him, he found this amazing cosmic loophole in coming to earth as a human being, living a perfect life as a human being, so that when he got to the end of his life, he couldn't die because he had no sin, because death is caused by sin. So in order to die, he had to pay for someone else's sin. And because of being the Lord and having more righteousness than any of us could imagine, he literally carried the entire sin of the world and with his death paid for it and resurrected three days later because there was more righteousness in him than sin in the world. Think of the amazing importance of this. God is so astounding that he understood a way in which to restore relationship, that God came to earth and became a man. Listen, whenever you talk to somebody about Christianity, you're like, Christianity is just one of many religions. Say, yeah, except for the fact that it's different than every other religion. Sure, you can say that, except you obviously haven't spent any time. Because the idea that we try to make our relationship right with God is every other religion other than Christianity. Christianity is God became a man and came to earth to rescue us. Because we couldn't fix it on our own. It is entirely different. It is antithetical to each other. Every other religion, work off your karmic debt, fix yourself, point yourself towards God, try your hardest. Bible says you can't do it. You're lost, you're gone. And God says, I found this amazing way of God becoming man to rescue you. And it is the most important event possibly in history until we get to the idea of the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus that would, that would compare with this. It is astounding. It is the most important thing we ever imagined. In fact, this is how Paul describes it to the church of Philippi that he planted. He explains it this way, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. This is speaking of Jesus. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. This is the most important event we could imagine. So when we talk about Christmas, the Christmas spirit is kind of about being part of something important. That's exactly right. It is something astoundingly important. And not only that, but it absolutely unified humanity. This moment unified humanity. That all throughout before this, people figured that the way that you kind of figured out your relationship with God was there were good people and there were bad people, right? And good people were close to God and bad people were far away from God. And with the moment that Jesus was born, finally the only good person in the history of the universe came to earth. The only good human being ever was Jesus. All of the rest of us sit in the category of 
bad human being. No matter who we are, there's two categories. Good human beings, bad human beings. There's one person in the good human beings category, Jesus. Because he was God, there's all of us in the bad human beings category. And we all need that connection to him because he's the only one who actually lived the perfect life of humanity that would be able to rescue us. And that's the picture of this, that we are all unified in this moment. In fact, I love what the angel says when he talks to this, this shepherd. Here's how he says it. He says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I love that. Not just the people who who know about God yet, not just the Jewish people, not just the religious people, all people, all people. He says, this is going to level the ground for all of us, that we all need Jesus. In fact, John, the apostle who followed Jesus, here's how he described it in 1 John 2, 1 through 2. He says, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the the one who is truly righteous. He says, luckily, we have this relationship with Jesus. He's the one who pleads our case before our judge, before our Father in heaven. Look at what it says. It says, he himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins. And look at, not only for our sins, but the sins of all the world. And when Jesus came and he died, he didn't just die for religious people. He didn't just die for people who were good people. He died for all people that the Bible says he paid for all sin. All sin. The, le- the ground, okay, that all of us stand on was made level when Jesus came. Not good people, bad people, not close to God people, far away. It was just made level with all people that needed a relationship with this one perfect person who was God, Jesus Christ. So here's what I, had, I think. The spirit of Christmas is extremely, extremely important. I believe it does exist, and I believe it's important, and here's why. The spirit of Christmas, what you feel in this month, perhaps, it is a whisper of God's plan. The spirit of Christmas, that sense that you might feel in these coming weeks, in this month, joy, kindness, love, compassion, generosity, It is just this quiet whisper of what God's big plan is. You see, science showed us that 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 spirit of Christmas, it was kind of like being part of something that's more important than us that we share with those who we care about. And I think that's exactly what the Bible would point to that Christmas is. I doubt that any of us naturally believed that we were part of something so important that God cared about us so much that he would leave his place in heaven to come and rescue us. Can you just imagine? I mean, I know a lot of us, we just think like, ah, I don't know, you know, my, my life, what does my life really matter? How much is my life really going to change? And to think that God thinks enough of you, and he thinks enough of what he can do through you, that he would leave heaven to come and rescue you. We're part of something far more important than we ever imagined. And not only that, but the idea that Christmas spirit is kind of about sharing with those who we care about. Absolutely. Because that idea of Jesus coming is that it's all a level playing field. That all of us need this relationship with Jesus. It's an indicator for us. Listen, that as we walk around on this earth, as we look eye to eye with people, you will never lock eyes with somebody that Jesus doesn't care enough about that he was willing to die to rescue them. You will never see someone that God doesn't care enough about that he was willing to die to rescue them. And that changes 
how you look at everyone and realize we're all in this together. The spirit of Christmas, as I said, is just kind of this whisper. And the reason why it's a whisper is because God's plan wouldn't just be for us to hear this a couple weeks out of the year. It's just a whisper because we experience it for this month of December where we start celebrating Christmas. And maybe there's something spiritually that surrounds that because it's the most, one of the most important events in history. So all of a sudden we start kind of feeling this and we just sense this whisper of God's plan. But listen, God's plan would be that we wouldn't just feel this a few weeks out of the year. His plan would be that we experience this every day of our life, 12 months a year. That we would feel that same sense of what God really wants. That God's plan would be for us to not just feel the Christmas spirit but to feel God's spirit throughout every single day of our life. So what would we do with this Christmas spirit during this season? Here we are, beginning of the month, just getting started. What can we do from here? And here's my prayer. Two big prayers for you during this Christmas season. What I am praying God would do in and through your life. First of all, if you're somebody who is exploring your faith, you don't necessarily have faith yet. You're just exploring. You're just trying to figure out kind of what you believe. You believe. You're just kind of looking at it. Um, that This is what I want for you. This next thing I'm going to say. Or if you're even just somebody who just got started in your faith. You just got serious about your faith, just kind of started working out what your faith is, and you're just kind of starting this journey, just getting going. Here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you would be that this Christmas, you embrace the spirit of Christmas. You don't just kind of feel it. You don't just kind of push it away. But instead of of just getting caught up into the things of Christmas, my prayer would be that you would feel and you would experience the spirit of Christmas, and then you would embrace it. And here's why. The Christmas spirit could lead you towards something far more amazing. The Christmas spirit could draw you deeper into something that's even more amazing. It could be the start. It could be the beginning that draws you into something that's far bigger. It could be the thing that leads you into God's plan for the first time ever in your life. I believe that you are meant to be part of something bigger. That Christmas spirit, the idea that we're part of something important. Friends, I believe you're supposed to be part of something important. If someone hasn't told you that, if you just figure, oh, my life is just so average, it's just so mediocre, I really wonder. I believe God is calling to you. In this Christmas season, you might see it. You are meant to be part of something far more important than you currently are. That God's plan is so much bigger for your life. I actually love Paul one time. He was trying to kind of explain this to a church that he planted in Galatia. He was kind of trying to explain this idea of, of who we were And what God was kind of drawing us towards, the idea of like the spirit of God, like I said, I think that the spirit of Christmas is kind of a whisper, but it's trying to pull us into the idea of just hearing the spirit of God, understanding what God's plan is. That's kind of the whisper of what God's plan is. And he describes it in in Galatians uh, 5. And here's what I want to do. I want to read it to you in a paraphrase. It's a message version, okay? And the message version is really interesting because this guy who is an expert in ancient language went back and what he just did was read the original Hebrew, the original Greek, and he just translated it into how he would just speak it to somebody right here and now. So it's really fun sometimes to read a passage and read it in the message and go back and forth and look at what those words mean because it just reads exactly like you would just communicate to someone today. And listen what he says in Galatians 5, 16 through 18. He starts off by saying this. My counsel is this, live freely, animated and motivated by God's spirit. See, God's spirit. That's like kind of that whole, not just the spirit of Christmas, but God's spirit, 12 months a year. Then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. 
For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. He says, these two ways of life, they're antithetical, so that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. Why don't you choose to be led by the Spirit and so escape the erratic compulsions of a law-dominated existence? He says, you can kind of have it your way, or you can begin to follow God's plan. You can start to live by God's Spirit. You can start to hear His Word spoken into your life. And he says, if you do, they're kind of pointing two different directions. You'll end up noticing this. And he says, if you start to, it will actually take you towards freedom. And what he does is, to, to flesh this out, he kind of gives, just in the next few verses, he takes us two different directions. He says, there's one direction we can go, which is kind of our plan that we can follow. He says, and there's another direction that we can go that's God's plan that we can follow. And your plan might just be living for what you want, but this direction would instead be inviting God's Spirit to guide you. And listen to these two as he steers in two different directions of how our life can go. He says this in the next verses, 19 through 20. It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or to be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. He's like, I could keep going. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. He says, let me just give you a rundown real quick. He says, you, got, you guys know this. Let me give you a description again of what happens if you follow your, your own way. And I mean, he just goes, I love when he says at the end, he's like, I could go on. And you're like, you did a pretty good job, right? I mean, some of you, when you, when you heard those things, when you heard those things, they kind of, they kind of hit you, didn't they? Because you think, yeah, that's a whole section of my life. If you're a believer, maybe that was a whole season and you think, man, that was the past. Or maybe that's the present for you right now. Some of those things where you go, man, that's, that's me. And he says, that's what we get when we follow our, our own path. And he says, it won't take you to somewhere eternally good. He says, it's actually going to end up really bad. But not only that, but just look at what it does here. Look at what it brings here. He says, it totally misses the mark in regards to where you want to go in life. And then I love, he steers. He takes us that direction, and then he makes this sharp turn. And he says, but let me tell you what happens if you would embrace the Spirit of God in your life. If you start to listen what he would say in your life instead. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it says this. But what happens when we live God's way, right? God's plan, his wisdom. He says, his Brings, excuse me, he brings gifts to our lives. Gifts aren't earned. They're just given to us. Much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Just shows up, right? Here's what happens. Things like affection for others. Exuberance about life. Serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things. 
A sense of compassion in the heart. And a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments. Not needing to force our way in life. Able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. He says, this is what happens if you start to listen to God's plan. If you start to follow God's spirit, here's what will happen. These are the gifts that are going to show up in your life. I don't know about you, but aren't there some of those things that when you heard them, you just went, hmm, that's what I want, right? Weren't there some of those phrases where you think, that's what I want for my life. That's what I need. That's what I, I want to be part of my life. That's what I want my life to be known for is those things. You see, the Christmas spirit is a whisper of God's plan, just something we hear around this this season. But God's plan would be for you to hear that whisper every day of your life, to hear his voice every day of your life, to be part of his spirit. And that's why I'm saying if you're just starting in your faith, if you're just exploring your faith, I would encourage you to embrace the Christmas spirit because it could take you deeper to something so much better. Maybe your application for this month is just being part of something like this. If you're just getting started in your faith, just getting going, just exploring, maybe you just need to be a part of something like this for the month and just saying, I need to be there and give God a season to be able to speak, to be able to feel this Christmas spirit and see where it would take me. Instead of just sporadically coming and going and maybe I'll stop by once for this month, maybe you just say, I'm just going to try to be there on the weekends during this month so that I can, I can feel this, so I can experience this. Or maybe it's the idea you say, maybe I should pick up God's word and start to read it. We have free Bibles in the back, always. You can take one. Pick it up, crack it open to Luke, start reading. Luke starts with the Christmas story. How perfect. And maybe you think, I just need to start encouraging myself in this. Or maybe you just need to be part of something like this. You know, one of the greatest parts about a church is it's a group of people who become friends who are all moving in the same direction. That means everything. I'm not saying you can't have any of the old friendships you have, but I will tell you this. If all you do is keep the same friends and keep doing the same things, you will get the same results. Maybe you need to do some new things. Maybe you need to make some new friends and walk down some different paths and say, what's down this path for me? What would happen if I didn't just keep following my own plan, but instead said, what about God's plan? What about God's spirit? What if I did walk that direction? What could happen in my life? Second, maybe for you, and this would be my prayer for you, if if you're a believer, you're not just exploring your faith, you understand it. When we started talking about Christmas, you knew what it was about right away. Not just know what it's about. You felt what it was about. When those songs come up and you think, this is amazing. Our God came to earth as a man. This is miraculous. Unlike anything else, this is astounding. I understand its importance. I am part of the most important thing that has ever happened in this universe, the rescue of humanity. Jesus has come to save me. And you totally get that. And you realize how important it is. Then my prayer for you would be that you realize that it's supposed to be shared with others who you care about. See, the first half would be the idea of understanding that we're part of something that's important. That's part of the Christmas spirit. The other part is sharing it with those we care about. And I think a lot of times we miss that. Maybe we get, yes, Jesus has come. He's rescued me. But then we forget about the idea, though, then what our call is, is to share that with everyone we care about. That is our calling in our life, not just to celebrate it for ourselves, but to share it with everyone who we care about. The Christmas spirit, like I said, is kind of this whisper that comes. 
Let this whisper be uh, the driving force to sharing this truth with everyone you care about. And listen, you are blessed to be part of a church that instead of focusing for the month of December on celebrating our own little we're Christians and we know Jesus and we're rescued, instead we turn it outside and say, let's bring everybody in and steer the conversation outward so that anybody who doesn't know would know. You're part of a church that when they come in, they're not coming in and realizing how much of an outsider they are. They're going to come and sit down and realize that God is inviting them in. You're part of something that that took literally 60, 70 people, put hundreds of hours into creating environments so that if you bring somebody, they don't show up and go, wow, this is boring. They go, this is interesting. This is different. I didn't realize church could be like this. You're part of a church that when you invite, it's not as though you're just inviting someone to a church service. You're like, man, there's free food. There's experiences. You can take pictures of your kids. They're going to have a good time, right? It's something completely different, and we are meant to share this. So here's my, my encouragement to you. If you realize you're supposed to share this with those who you care about, let the Christmas spirit do the heavy lifting in your invitation. You know that you're meant to share the truth of who Jesus is all the time. That's always supposed to be in your mind. If you're a believer, you're supposed to be sharing that with friends, family, coworkers, students who you go to school with. You're always meant to be doing that. But listen, right now, let the spirit of Christmas do the heavy lifting for you. Right now, during this month, there are people who will come with you to church that will tell you no 11 other months of the year. Why? Because the spirit of Christmas is moving through their hearts. They're hearing just that whisper behind them. They're hearing just that whisper of God. And that you have this opportunity to let that do the heavy lifting as you invite them to be part of this. It's really simple. And I know you guys are like, oh, but, oh, but, oh. But listen, it's literally as simple as whoever you know, whoever you care about, friends, family, coworkers, people you go to school with, right, whatever it is, you literally telling them, hey, where are you going to church this Christmas? Do you have a fun church to go to for Christmas? Why don't you come with me? And they'll go, oh, well, I'm busy the weekend of Christmas. And you go, great, we're doing Christmas all month. You can come next week. Come the week after that. You can come the week after that. I got you covered for three weeks. Three weeks, man, there's Christmas every weekend. Why don't you come with me? And why don't you experience this? Because the spirit of Christmas is already doing work inside them. I can tell you, we've had so many people who show up during the month of December who will come to Christmas services, and you ask them why, and they go, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it's Christmas. And you're like, that's the spirit of Christmas. Exactly. God's whisper is kind of just being heard, and it's doing something in it. Let me tell you this. You never know the power of one invitation. You do not fully grasp the potential in one invitation. I love this story in John 1, 40 through 42. Jesus goes out and he invites the first disciples. And here's how this story goes. I love it. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard John, that's the Baptist, and what he had said, and then followed Jesus. So this guy, Andrew, ends up starting to follow Jesus. He hears him and he says, we should follow this guy. But it says this, Andrew went to find his brother, Simon. And he told him, hey, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus, and looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but Peter, he became the first leader of the church. 
He was the guy that everyone looked to. When Jesus left, everyone turned and looked at Peter and said, what do we do now? And Peter took the lead and said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to change the world. We're going to believe what Jesus said, and we're going to go out into the world, and we're going to change it. And why was he there? Because his brother didn't keep it to himself. His brother went and said, I saw this guy named Jesus. you got to come see him. I experienced this. I know maybe you're skeptical. you got to come see this. I'm telling you, it's going to change something. And listen, you never know the power of one invitation. You never know what could happen on the back of that. I know countless stories in this church of people giving invitations to people. People saying, hey, why don't you come along with me? And that being the catalyst for the change for the rest of their life. I'm not saying people need to come here to meet Jesus. You can tell them about Jesus right there in your living room. You can tell them about Jesus right there wherever you meet them. But I'm telling you that this is a great opportunity because you know when they come here that it is just full strength, truth, Jesus all the time, right? Salvation over and over and over again. And there's that opportunity opportunity where you think, I don't know exactly what to say. Bring them to be a part of something like this. Let Christmas and the spirit of it do the heavy lifting for you. Listen, 90% of Americans celebrate Christmas. 90%. Nine out of the 10 people who you know celebrate Christmas. Guess what that means? It means the Christmas spirit is moving and you have a conversation to have with them. As you're going and you're shopping, as you're doing whatever, as you're buying presents, guess what? You have a great lead-in to be talking about Christmas because their mind is on Christmas and they're already focused on it. And you can just say, like I said, do you have a fun place to go to church for Christmas? You should come with me. Come along. See, for a lot of you, I think this could be the first Christmas that you actually share it with someone who you care about. And here's my encouragement to you. Many of you right now, the first thing you're thinking is this, but they might say no. Yes, absolutely. But Cameron, I'm going to ask them and they're going to say no to me. Okay, that's fine. But I mean, like, I'm going to put myself out there and then they're going to go, no, I'm not interested. They're going to go, yeah, and then blow me off. Right. That's okay. That's okay. Listen. You're not responsible for the answer. You're responsible for the invite. Listen, God's responsible for the answer. He's the one who's sending the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's bringing the Christmas spirit to change somebody's heart. You can't do that. You can't convince somebody. You're not responsible for the answer. You guys aren't getting it. Okay, over here. You guys. You're you're not responsible for the answer. You're just responsible for the invite. Does that make sense? You go, I don't, I don't have to know the answer. I'm not responsible. That's up to you. Listen, I'm just the person that my responsibility is to come to you and tell you there is a church that loves Jesus that you are invited to this Christmas. And if you come, I'm telling you, it might be something great for your life. That's your responsibility. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. We have three more weeks of this series I want to encourage you to leave today and you start thinking of names and people and you're going to bump into people and you're going to say, this is an opportunity for me to extend an invitation. Extend an invitation. Here's what I'd love. Each of you guys, you should each be inviting at least three to five people. You know why? Because if you invite three to five to six to seven people, you might get one yes. And it just might, man, supercharge you, right? We're like, yeah. But listen, every no, every no, rung on a ladder towards yes. 
I'll tell you, all the people who come here when they follow an invitation, you know what's interesting? You talk to them, they said no to invitations about 10 times before they said yes. Here's what I believe. Every invitation, no, 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 yes. Every no is one step of the way towards yes. When you give an invitation, maybe that person is never going to come with you. Maybe later they're going to get invited somebody else. But you move them one step closer towards that yes. That's your responsibility with an invitation. Okay? So not responsible for the answers, just responsible for the invitation. You are meant to share this and let the Christmas spirit do the heavy lifting for you. Listen, this is the most wonderful time of the year. But if you are somebody who's exploring their faith, friends, it could get even better. This is the most wonderful time of the year, but if you're somebody who has their faith and you begin to share it, it could get even better. It could get even better. It could be the most wonderful time of the year and even better than you would ever imagine. Pray with me. God, I ask that you would bring these two movements in people's hearts this morning. I pray that you let us see Christmas in a new light. Let us experience the spirit of Christmas in a new light, knowing that that's the whisper of your plan, that it would drive us towards that. Like I said, for those who are wondering, those who are exploring, those who are just getting started, I pray that they would embrace it and it would take them to something even more amazing. For us who know it, I pray that you would build in us a spirit of invitation, a spirit of sharing with those who we care about, and inviting them to come and see because we never know what you could do with an invitation. You can take an invitation and you can change a life and you can change a marriage and you can change a family and you can change eternity. Jesus, it's all for you and we can't wait to celebrate all month what you did as you came to this earth and you did what nobody thought possible. God becoming man to rescue us and restore relationship with you. And God, we pray that for so many this month, it will be the moments in which they cross that, that threshold of putting their trust in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.